the key is to always start with you know discovery or strategy and you really need to know your brand so what are your your mission your vision your brand values and your positioning where you position the market what's your positioning statement so that you know internally your culture and also how to project yourself to the world Hello, entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhard. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound podcast, where we help you leverage inbound marketing strategies to grow your business. Jeremy Mura is a brand and design specialist. With over 90,000 followers on Instagram and over seven streams of revenue, Jeremy built trust with his audience by maintaining a strong brand. In this episode, Jeremy answers what a brand is and why it is important. He reveals why creating content helps build your brand, content management advice, and how to determine what others think about your brand. Be sure to listen until the very end because Jeremy reveals the process he takes to build powerful brands for his clients. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the Marketing Bound podcast and share this episode. Jeremy, thank you so much for being on the Marketing Bound podcast. Welcome back. For everybody who doesn't know, this is our one-year anniversary of knowing each other, Jeremy and I, because I have already interviewed him. (laughs) So welcome. (laughs) True story. Hey, Laura, good to see you again. And I'm super excited. So glad that we can finally chat again about marketing and branding and all the cool stuff about that. (laughs) I know. I love it. I'm so excited. But I will link our original interview in the show notes because for everyone who's listening, he actually told us about how he built seven streams of revenue. And today I found out that he has built more. (laughs) So part of that is because he has such a strong brand and that's what we're going to get into today. So let's just kick it off with what is branding and why is it important for service-based entrepreneurs to focus on? 100%. So for me, branding is so important because it's the pillar of you know building an online business, right? And these days, brands are becoming people and people are becoming brands. And that's why the influencer industry is growing so much. It's going to go become 15 billion. Um, I, I read a thing on YouTube the other day. It actually said it's going to be 15 billion by 2025. So brands are hiring influencers, content creators, YouTubers, because they understand the value of leveraging a personal brand and an audience, right? Mm. There's a, I love this quote from Marty Neumeyer. He said, a brand is a person's gut feeling about a product, organization, or service. So it's more about a perception, how you are perceived in someone's mind, in a consumer's mm-hmm. mind, right? So if you, you, you have a position in someone's in mind, right? For example, if we look at Gucci, Gucci is seen as this, or Versace, they're seen as, you know, prestigious, expensive, you know, glamorous, you know, high up. And if you look at a, a lower brand, maybe, you know, like Best and Less or Target, right? They sell clothes, but they're obviously seen as a discount brand, right? Mm-hmm. A home brand, you know, local, um, cheap. So those are two different brands. And in the mind, they hold two different positions in someone's mind, but they're two brands that someone will buy from. So branding is all about that. And the, the way we build a brand is you really need to target your user or your customer and know who you're targeting. Because if you have a message for everyone, you're, you're not really going to hit 
target, right? So that's sort of just a general definition in how I see branding. Yeah. And I, I like that it's, you're really emphasizing on the perception because especially as a small business, if people's perception of you is high quality, then you can charge more. You're instilling the values that you have as a person in your brand values. And then as Mm -hmm. a result, your services and what you're offering. And I like also how you said like the personal brand is becoming the human too. Super important for an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. someone who might have a small team as well. That they're kind of go, they go hand in hand. You, who you are as a person, is what you portray in your business. Yes. So it's super 100%. important. Love that. So for anyone who's listening to this, and they're like, "Hmm, I don't know if I, if like people's perception of my brand is good or bad. Is there a way where people can test that before taking action on improving mm-hmm. their brand or changing their brand?" Yeah, I think that's a good question. You got to really get validation from people. If people mm-hmm. are constantly validating you by dropping a comment or there's a positive impact that impacted them from watching your video or um, seeing your content or you know paying for your service, if there's a positive impact and people are responding to that and telling mm-hmm. you, right, then that's proof that, okay, this, you know, it's working, you know, or for example, for me, like I have a portfolio online and then, you know, people have seen my work. They're like, wow, you have su- such amazing work. It looks professional you know, or, you know, the quality is great, et cetera. Or, or on my YouTube channel, people say, wow, you deserve a million subs. Wow. Mm-hmm. This was so helpful. Wow. I really needed this. And you gave me the answer direct, no fluff. So that's validating me. It's like, okay, it helps me to keep, keep going. Right. It just shows you that, okay, you're doing something right. Yeah. And I also think that they're kind of reiterating your values back to you. Like, yeah. you know, you're no fluff, you know, you have high quality, good content, but when people mm-hmm. are telling it to you, that's when you're like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's it. working. hundred <laughs> percent. And you're like, yes, I'm doing something good, you know, then, and then, and then all it is about, it's just about experimenting and tweaking. And that's what a lot of the strategies for content as well. Like for example, on my Instagram and YouTube, I just test different types of content, whether it's a tutorial, sometimes it will be a different video, me talking, I might do a collab. And what I'm doing is each time I post something, I'm actually getting data. And what I can do with that data is see, okay, is this topic working? Is this type of content people want, Mm -hmm. right? And that's one way to see, okay, should I go this direction or that direction? And then another strategy I use as well is like, okay, just ask your audience, what do they want? You know, because you're the brand, you're the person, you know, delivering a service, a product, your content, your marketing, all those things is what you'll be doing. So it's like, Ask them, what do they want to learn? What do they need help with? What is their pains and what are the desires? And how can you deliver that on social media or in a form of a piece of content? Mm -hmm. And I feel like when people's content is not working, I find a lot of the time it's because their values are not being shown through their content. Meaning people can't decide whether or not to trust you. Yeah. And yeah. I find with your content, you can, you see that trust. I don't know if anyone knows this, but Jeremy is now an Instagram celebrity <laughs> with over 60,000. I don't know. I checked yesterday. It might it. be at 70,000 I don't now. know. It just keeps growing. <laughs> I, can't, I lost count. <laughs> um, so you're really instilling that those values over and over again with your content. But for somebody who has maybe a much smaller audience and something might not be working, 
Yep. I think part of it is, is branding, but then another part of it can also be content. Mm-hmm. So I want to dive into both of them, like yep. more branding and more content, but let's focus mm-hmm. on content for now yep. and maybe content management. What is yep. your advice for people who is, who are like, I don't know if it's my content that's not working or mm-hmm. if it's something else. Mm-hmm. How do you measure that? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So when it comes to content, once again, you need to have understand who you're targeting, what type of client, what are you trying, who are you trying to attract? You need to first understand that before you start making content. You need to then understand their pain points, their struggles, and tailor the content to them to help them solve that problem, right? So if you sell vacuum cleaners and you know you're, you're there's a family, you know you, you probably want to target maybe a 40 year old family member who has three kids. Um, she has a side part-time job and, you know, the house is always messy. So she needs something just to quickly turn on and you know, clean the house. Right. So it's like, you need to figure who that person is, what's her pains, you know, figure her life, her demographics, all that stuff. So then the content is going to be tailored specifically for that person. And then you're going to attract that person. And, and when it comes to like your content messaging, you know, as I said, it's all about consistency. The more you post, the more likely you're going to increase your chances of getting seen, getting noticed and getting attention, right? Mm-hmm. And the more you post and take action and create content, you're actually building your credibility and authority. And that will automatically boost your brand mm-hmm. and it will boost the no like trust factor. Because you know the saying, people only buy from who they know, like and trust, right? So it's a win-win. And that's why you need to be consistent, consistently put out the content Make sure that you're clear with your message and that target. But also another step is niching down. If you're not seeing the results, you um, the problem may be that you're not niched down enough, right? Yeah. Or you haven't located a gap in the market or a hole that you can fill, and you're just you're being missed with all the noise, like because there's yeah. so much competition out there. Yeah. So you'd have to focus on those things and improve it. I like that, and then also. Because right now you have an audience on many platforms. So it's kind of not easy, but it's easier to test what kind of content works and doesn't work. So you've been on YouTube for years though. Five years. Yeah. A long time. Yeah. You've been on YouTube for five years. You've been on Instagram for a few years. So at the beginning, especially for people who might be testing out right now and have smaller audiences, how did you know other than maybe comments on what direction to go in? For me, like if I, there was I, nothing going on, how how are you? How do you how yep. how do you stay consistent and keep going? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So I I study the market. I look at other people who are doing it right. And to mm-hmm. me, I don't see people as competitors. You know, even though you might have that old mindset of yeah, everyone's a competitor, but realistically, like I just see people as collaborators. Yeah. You know, because if you're constantly comparing yourself, you're just going to get into a negative mindset, you're going to get into the dark cloud and it's not going to be positive, right? So for me, I look at other creators, content creators specifically on the platform, see what they're doing. And I try and extract some of the nuggets and things that they're doing right and apply it into my business or my content. Because I think it was Jim Rohn, he said, success leaves clues. So if you become an observer, if you become an observer and, and look at the right people in right places, you will find clues and you will find nuggets and knowledge that is actually going to help you like practical stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. 
and you get inspired by their what they're doing, their content mm-hmm. or their campaigns, whatever. And yeah, as I said, extract some of that information and see how you can use it in your business. And don't fully copy what they're doing, but become expi- uh, inspired and then reimagine it in your own perspective, add your own flavor to it, your own twist to it. Can I ask you for an example? Because right now... I'm scared that people are going to say, let's go on Jeremy Mira's Instagram and take his posts (laughs) (laughs) and then erase his name at the bottom and put my own, (laughs) right? Because your stuff is great. And we know that, but give it, I don't know if you remember a time that you were inspired by somebody else's content, but if you do have a tangible example so that people can put it into practice right after this episode. Yeah, 100%. So for me, I was looking at Chris Doe, right? So Instagram released carousels at the end of 2019. I wasn't doing carousels on Instagram. I was sitting about a thousand followers. I was just posting logo design, some of my brand work, client work, etc. But I saw this new trend of carousels, which is 10 slides where you can swipe through on Instagram. Chris Doe posted a video on YouTube talking about how he's started to do it. And he's, he's like, Instagram started exploding. Like he was on under 100K and then he started, now he's on 500K. And I started looking at his post, how he was designing the carousels. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. So I looked at some of his design tips, carousels, and then I extracted some of those ideas. I didn't copy because I don't believe in 100% copying, just like get inspired. And then, yeah, and then I started creating like quick design guides and, and quick like five tips to, you know, designing carousels or five tips on how you can grow your personal brand. Five free resources for you so you can start creating your own designs, etc. So that's where I got sort of inspiration. And I'm sure if you scroll it down to my, some of my posts on Instagram, you'll notice that some of those posts are similar to, you know, Christo and some other people. Mm-hmm. And also, but then you like put in your own knowledge in there. Because, of course, yeah. yeah, because for anyone listening in this example, you focus on the delivery of the information, not mm-hmm. necessarily the information that you are delivering. Oh, yes. Yeah. I like that. hundred <laughs> percent. It's all about delivery. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And then in terms of, because you're on so many platforms. So just like, can you tell us a little quick content management advice so that people can also get on many platforms and manage eight streams of revenue? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll do my best. Uh, it is challenging at times and it is a lot of hard work. I will yeah. tell you like some days I work long hours and, but for me, it doesn't feel like work. Like I enjoy what I do. It's creative work. I enjoy running a business. So for me, I've got a strong mindset, but for me, when it comes to content management, Look, if you can't do it yourself, try and hire someone. You can go on Fiverr, Upwork, hire cheap people from overseas. Uh, you know, even from the Philippines is good. And try and find someone that can manage the content for you, like a social media manager or someone who can design, you know, carousels or posts for LinkedIn or for Instagram. That can help you if you've got the extra coin to spend on that. Mm. Um, if not, you need to have a system. So for me, typically I use tools, some practical tools you can use for Instagram is Flick. Flick is for hashtags. That's a subscription you can pay every month. And I can save collections of hashtags and I can also see what hashtags are ranking and doing well. So then I can reuse this, you know, similar hashtags to my posts. Number two is Creator Studio. 
because Facebook owns Instagram, they've built tools around Instagram. So you don't have to go to third party apps like, you know, later and Plannerly. There's a few other ones as well. Social Sprout. So like, I don't have to go on those. I can just go to Credit Studio and schedule all my posts. Uh, thirdly, I use tools like Notion. It's a note-taking app and it can also store databases and I put all my content in there. I can do writing in there, create pages, create tables. And for me, that's how I keep all my ideas in there and I do all my writing. And then I put that and bring it into Illustrator. If you're not a designer, then you can use Canva. You can use PicMonkey. Crello is another good one as well. But those are tools that you know give you graphics and images and it gives you templates. So it's going to make your life easy, right? And then, yeah, and then that's like, you know, make sure you have a system of, you know, start off with your ID, think of a headline, think of a cover image. It's the same for YouTube. You need to make sure it's clickable, it's attention grabbing, it's interesting. And then from that, you know, write out your ID, type it out, then move on to design and, you know, um, get your images, get your text, drop it in, start designing it and then schedule it and try and do batching. And typically that really helps me. So I'll try and batch on one day a week or on like a Monday or during the start of the week and then batch it for the, the, the week. Sometimes I try and do two weeks or longer, um, depending on what it is. For YouTube, if you can do a few months, it just saves you time. So you're not thinking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I hope those, um, those tools help. Yeah, that's great. I like that you... I think systems and templates are the key to scaling any business because mm-hmm. it saves you a lot of time. And then also reinvesting in your business, like into these tools yeah. that you mentioned, especially mm-hmm. if you're going to use them every day. Yeah. And I like, I also use the creator studio to batch my work. I spend yeah. one day creating content and then I put everything in the creator studio. So it's super helpful and it's free everyone. Awesome. So yeah, it's free. Exactly. <laughs> best tool. <laughs> okay. So I love that. Those were great tools for content management. Now let's go back into branding because you're a graphic designer. You help a lot of businesses develop their branding. Mm -hmm. So I like that we're focusing on this topic from a graphic designer perspective, but I know that when customers come to you, you kind of take them through a process. Can you take us through that process uh, so that anybody who's listening can kind of do it on their own? And then if they need help, they can come to you. Yeah. So for me, the key is to always start with, you know, discovery or strategy. And you really need to know, you know, as you talk about, you need to know your brand. So what are your, your mission, your vision, your brand values, and your positioning, where you position the market, what's your positioning statement so that you know internally your culture and also how to project yourself to the world. Um, once you have that, you need to understand your users. So deep dive into a, a user persona right? Really get down to your top two or maybe three people that you're trying to target and make Mm -hmm. sure that you have that, like you you have an image, a clear image and picture of who they are. Okay. I'm so Um, sorry for cutting you off, but (laughs) before you continue, (laughs) um, can you give us a little bit more explanation on these first two steps for a few reasons? People might be thinking like, oh, I don't know what my brand values are. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes they'll like make them up. Like, hey, I'm innovative. I'm amazing. (laughs) Like whatever they come up with, right? Yeah, yeah. So how can people discover their own, Mm -hmm. I guess, brand identity before going through this process? Yeah, so 
So some questions you can ask during this discovery strategy phase before you jump into design, you know, especially when it comes to values, you ask questions like, what do you stand for? What do you believe in? You know, what principles do you abide by or live by? Mm -hmm. You know, look at your own life and try and reflect that. Or um, who are your um, mentors that inspire you? What are their values? Like what about them inspires you? Like what qualities, what characteristics, what personalities? Mm -hmm. So those things will help you come up with words and strings of like, you know, and other texts. Like you put a paragraph and try and create a sentence out of it to help you form those instead of just making random, like, Oh, in, you know, innovative or whatever, yeah. you know, person, uh, uh, honest, you know, you want to try and <laughs> dig a bit deeper. And then when it comes to vision, vision's all about like, what's your five year plan, your 10 year ambition. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to go in the future? Go look at Amazon or like, you know, Apple, Apple is like by 2030, they want to make sure that there's zero carbon emissions in their products and help the planet, you know, etc. Um, so that's your vision. And then your mission is sort of like more of the objective, What's the clear goal we're trying to achieve here, right? What's the clear objective and how are we going to get to the vision? Mm-hmm. So that's what the mission is. So yeah, I hope that helps when it comes to like that initial stage. You mm-hmm. don't have to go too deep into it. Like you can hire, you know, brand identity designers and strategists, um, which is what what I do to help you with that. But you can literally do it yourself if you're just starting out and you want to save some money. But yeah, after you've sort of done that phase and then, and then done the users, um, mm-hmm. sort of understood your brand, um, a bit about your positioning, like researching the market, like other people's logos, look at their messaging. So what I like to do is go on other people's web, like go on their websites when I'm doing client research and look at how they're, obviously look at their brand colors, their typography, what's the feeling, the vibe they give off, um, their voice, their tone, how do they talk to their customers, um, you know, read reviews. And, you know, that's how you can see competitors. And then you want to try and differentiate yourself from them because branding yeah. and design is all about differentiation. How can you stand out? How can you be different? How can you be the opposite from what they're offering and you have your own value proposition? So, cause you need to have a unique value proposition, right? And I'm sure every entrepreneur has heard about that. You need to have a clear offering, <laughs> irresistible offering that stands out from everyone else that's doing the same thing. Cause realistically, most businesses are out there are doing the same thing, right? And that's but, where your branding comes in too, right? That can help yes. you with your differentiator. Is that that's your it. values are a little bit different and the way you deliver your offering is a little bit different and all that makes you mm-hmm. different from all your competitors. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then that's where, where design comes into play. Sorry to cut you off if you are going to say something. No, no, I'm good. I'm done. And that's when, after you've done that sort of discovery phase and like, you know, know that you know your direction, where you're heading, who you are mm-hmm. um, and who you're targeting, then you can move, start to move on to design. So obviously you want to start off with the logo because a logo is a first impression. A logo should always be simple. It's not to communicate, but to identify. So it's just, it's literally just to have an, an symbol in someone's mind for memory. Literally that's what a logo is. So it shouldn't be crazy detailed. It should be very simple. And then you move on to things like selecting your colors. Colors evoke emotion. If you think of McDonald's, the reason why they picked red and yellow is because it evokes hunger in people, like an appetite. So, but at the end of the day, like colors are very subjective because it can be based on culture, location. Yeah, that's For true. example, in Japan, uh, the color white might mean something to different in Australia, you know, or the color green in Africa might be something different in America. Yeah. So it's like, it's all subjective. So there is psychology to a degree, but don't, go too wild with it. Just yeah. really differentiate for whatever your client's doing. If your client's doing orange, don't do orange, just do something else, be different. Yeah. 
And then you move on to typography. So typography is like different fonts, different typefaces. How can you use, because typography is basically the, the pillar of like graphic design, everything it's communication. So everything needs, has words, right? you got your copywriting, your headlines, like your content, everything has words. So use fonts that once again, differentiate, stand out, have character, are interesting. You know, are you going, are you more of a classic brand or are you more modern? Modern mm-hmm. is very clean, cut, robotic. Whereas classic is like the nice serif fonts of the, you know, the curls and the little, you know, <laughs> nice little um, flourishes and stuff like that. And then once you've done that, then you can, think about designing your identity system, which is like the full brand because you, you need memorable design, distinctive assets because each touch point needs to connect with your audience or connect with your customer. So mm-hmm. for example, a touch point is like a business card, your LinkedIn banner, your email signature, a flyer, a, a brochure, your website, uh, billboard, you know, all those type of mediums, print and digital, even your Instagram content, your profile, your bio, all those things are touch points. So you need to design for them as well because a brand is an identity is not just a logo. It's actually a holistic of of connecting parts that bring a distinctive brand and Mm -hmm. distinctive identity. And that's why you need to design all those things. And, And then, yeah, and then you go on to like launching and implementing basically at the end of that, once you've come up with all the design, then you figure out a launch window. You can do like a a month if you want or a week, a mini launch, and then implement that and then put it into the world, basically. And hopefully that wasn't too long of a process, but that's typically how I approach a design. No, I love it. And I love that it was so like, people can just break it down and then do it themselves, which is amazing. So obviously everybody, if you just love that, please go give Jeremy some love on Instagram. I will link, (laughs) I will link everything in the show notes for sure. So when you go through this process, just out of curiosity, how long does the process normally take? Uh, If it's a small brand, typically it can take two weeks, but if it's Mm -hmm. bigger projects, then it can take up to three months just depending. Yeah. It depends on like how big the the brand is because you really got to, if it's a full process and a lot of touch points and you got to think mm-hmm. about printing and production, the discovery takes can take, more you know, four hours. Yeah. There's so yeah. much more assets and launching. And if you do a website that even takes longer because you got to figure out the website architecture and page, True. like, you know, so sometimes it can take months, but typically, you know, with the clients I work with, you know, usually it takes like a month um, okay. month to two months. So not too long, but I know people that take three, four months, but they really focus on that one project. They charge a lot of money, but they focus on that client, make sure that it's perfect. basically. Yeah. And like all those assets, especially if you're a bigger company, it's just going to take a lot more time. A smaller yeah. company might not have, you know, business I'm, cards, for example. Correct. And then they need that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so cool. I think Zoom is about to kick us out for some reason. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. I saw that. I was like, wait, what? I was is like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> oh man. But uh this is super, super helpful. Just really laying out how people can do their own branding and take on the project themselves. And then in terms of content management, coming from somebody who has built every single one of his platforms to be a huge community. So that's amazing. So thank you so much for sharing all that knowledge. And for people who want to connect with you and work with you, where can they find you? 
Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. We appreciate it. You can find me on at my tag at the Jeremy Mirror. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on YouTube. I don't post much on Facebook. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can find me on kit.co if you want to see my gear. Um, but yeah, those are like the main places. I also hang out on LinkedIn as well. So come say hi. Always happy to have a chat and get to know you more. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jeremy. I'll link everything in the show notes, but thank you very much. Thanks so much. I'm not afraid of